Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, an honor to have here with us, and uh, we see her frequently on uh, MSNBC. She's an MSNBC and NBC News legal analyst, by the way, and also professor at the New School, Maya Wiley. Good to see you, Maya. Good to see you, Mark. Hey, thank you for coming in uh, to see us. And your, great, your blocks are looking much better than mine today. Your viewers can't see that, but I can. Your locks <laughs> always look regal and magnificent, so you're, you're, you're good. You're good. Uh, uh, it's you know it's it's interesting. I remember when folk who had hair like ours weren't even allowed on television. <laughs> that was like, and people would judge. They would see our hair more than hear what we said. So yes. my how times have changed, haven't they? Thankfully, and yes. that wasn't that long ago, to no. be honest. And, with you. and 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 a lot a lot of black women on MSNBC with natural hair right. of different styles. That's right. Which That's is right. another thing we never thought. Yeah, we would never thought would happen. So yeah, well, no, thank you for that. Um, so here we are, articles of impeachment going over, um, the trial in the Senate likely to start next week, I believe. Correct. Um, first of all. How how would you grade or critique Pelosi's the speaker's handling of this? Do you did you think it was prudent for her to withhold the articles as long as she did? I do, and I think that's been borne out by mm-hmm. what we're seeing now, which is uh, senators, uh, Republican senators, including Mitt Romney, uh, you know, even Lisa Murkowski, you know, Susan Collins saying that they need to consider witnesses. That's very different, by the way, from a commitment. They've hedged their bets by saying, let's hear from the House managers first. But there's no question that the more she let the issue hang out there for the public to consider for the additional facts that we saw came forward in news reports over the holidays, including that, you know, that Secretary Bolton, uh, National Security Advisor Bolton, had had a meeting with Trump in September begging him to release Ukrainian funds that we didn't previously know about, that, you know, from the fact that Bolton himself now has said, despite refusing Mm -hmm. to come and testify before the House, that he would be willing if subpoenaed to to testify before the Senate. Those things made it a lot harder for Republican senators to hold the line 
on just turning out the lights on the details of what happened in the Ukraine scandal. So I think her holding them back created the space for that additional information, for that movement, and also, you know, for the public to catch up to the yeah, news. Yeah. You know, it's really unfair for us who get to participate in every day right, right. to think that the public working hard every day, some people work in two, three jobs, kids, elderly parents are taken care of. It takes a while for them to necessarily catch up with all the that's facts right. that we have the privilege of looking at every day. And, and, and I think that's why we're seeing polls that say 71 percent of independents and 39 percent of Republicans think there should be witnesses called, not to mention basically all of Democrats. That's, that's pretty much most of the country, of much yeah. more than 50 percent. Well, speaking of people catching up, I wonder if you've had this experience I've had. You know, you and I might do an appearance on television. But then people will still contact us and ask us to explain what's going on and what we were talking about. I mean, you're right. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we, we kind of sleep, eat, and drink this. In fact, I barely, rarely sleep yeah. <laughs> because I'm taking it all in. But you're right. Yeah. The average person, it, it's a little bit difficult to follow sometimes. A- absolutely. And also, you know, when we're doing segments on television, you know, the great thing about this medium is that we can go longer and deeper. Yeah. So if people have the time to listen, yeah. they can – they can process it more. Television's very fast. It's very short. It's very brief. The segments are three minutes to eight minutes. And you're trying to pack in a lot of information for the public in a very, very short set of sound bites. And I think for that reason, and rightly so, people say, all right, I definitely heard some things I'm interested in. Tell me more. Yeah. I, I, you know, I shop in the grocery store, I ride the subway, I walk down the streets of my neighborhood, and I get stopped yeah, all yeah, the time yeah. by people saying, you know, I, I'm so appreciative you make it plain, but tell me this. Is it the case that the president is still impeached if they acquit him in the Senate? You know, those are, these are good questions, and there's no reason for people to necessarily know the answer. Right. And they matter, particularly if they're wondering how much should I worry as a, as a citizen of this country if our Republican senators stonewall witnesses, right. how much should I worry? And the answer is he'll be impeached no matter what. He will always carry that badge. But we should, at minimum, know everything that happened here. Mm-hmm. We deserve it as, the, as an American people. We deserve it because that's the way the Constitution wrote it. It's what the founders intended. And how do you have a democracy if you don't have the light of day? Yeah, that's right. Maya, you mentioned what the founders intended. So looking at this, and I admit I didn't do this uh, during Clinton's impeachment, but we know the Constitution has flaws. Yeah, we have all people know that. Right. So isn't, as we look at this now, isn't it a, a little bit flawed, the impeachment if not the impeachment, the removal process where senators uh, really have total control. The chief justice is really barely a, a moderator in the process. He can't really make a lot of decisions. Um, senators can be of the jury, really a jury. But then you have McConnell who can also say in the same breath, well, I'm coordinating with the White House counsel. So it seems to me even the process of of removal is somewhat imperfect. Yeah, I don't think it is a perfect process by any stretch of the imagination. I I think the founders understood, if you read any of the Federalist Papers, 
particularly if you know the, the, the three primary founders to follow on impeachment are Mason, mm-hmm. Madison, and Hamilton, two slave owners and one who at least did some work against slavery in New York. Right, right. You know, the interesting thing about that is they make very clear and they debate the tensions in both impeachment as something that exists in the Constitution, not not that they thought it shouldn't exist. They were very clear they had to have a check and balance on the presidency that happened before the next election cycle if somebody really deserved it, if mm-hmm. it was really too damaging to the country. And in fact, most of the states, most of the colonies, <laughs> right, remember right. they were colonies. They were colonies, that's right. They were colonies. Um, all of them had some form of impeachment clause, I think, or, and two of them not necessarily permitting removal, but all had some form of process that enabled the removal of elected officials before the end of their term and before the next election. And so there wasn't really a question of whether they want to have one and whether a democracy needed one because, of course, they knew they had to protect against the development of a monarchy. But they talked about the tensions of this being a political process, that by definition it was going to be political and that political parties would vie to protect their person. Um, And so their concept of splitting the responsibilities between the House and the Senate essentially was their way of trying to create some balance in that political process, the House being much more raucous. The other thing, though, that I've learned actually from this process from historians is that initially senators were appointed. They weren't elected. So so, so that... The, that they they mm-hmm. they have Senate has always been seen and even with elected senators has been somewhat more of the more slow moving judicious of the two houses of Congress but this you know is still partisan politics. I will say that it's very hard to think of a system that completely removes that um, and I think. You know, whether or not you gave the judiciary some more powers in it would be one. But you'd have to amend the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, the Constitution is very clear. It cedes sole authority to the House for uh, dis- for charging mm-hmm. impeachment and and the Senate for trying and making a decision of whether to convict and remove. Um, so I would say that what we should focus on, at, at least it, for this impeachment process, which really goes back to the central question we're talking about today, is witnesses and documents, is full evidence. Mm-hmm. To me, the biggest concern is not necessarily that it's political and partisan, not that that's a happy <laughs> thing for any lawyer who wants a, a full, fair, and impartial process. It's that if a president can block the witnesses and the documents from the light of day, it means that you can't even have the hope of taking a partisan process and making it more rational. Because remember, in most impeachments, this is what happened with Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. You know, Republicans were circling the wagons and protecting him. They were even protecting his executive privilege claims on some of what he was holding back. He didn't hold back all the evidence, by the way, as Donald Trump has. He was more cooperative than Trump has been. But he tried to hold back the most damaging evidence and, and, and bar it from public view. Lost that fight, obviously, with the famous Supreme Court decision, U.S. versus Nixon. But the thing is, once the Republicans heard the tape, the Watergate tape, 
once they heard his voice on that tape, they turned on him and said, you've got to go. You either resign or be impeached. And the the difference here is the Republican Party is not taking seriously that there's – the evidence that's already in the public light is very scary. It is. And and the fact that we have a political process right now that is much more mired in partisanship than it would have been in the 70s. Uh, not that it was easy in the 70s, right, but, right. But, but that there was some sense of norms right. that you couldn't protect your own candidate around if they violated them. And I think the thing that is so damaging about Tr- Donald Trump's presidency is he's violating so many of our our values and our norms as people, as a country, as a polity, that um, that's really, I think, part of why this isn't working the way it should, because there really should be no question on the part of the Republicans in the Senate. If there are no witnesses, it's not a trial. Right. It's not a real trial. Um, Also, in the 70s, they didn't have the protection of a a 24-hour basic cable propaganda that, station. That's, that's absolutely right. I mean, <laughs> and to be very honest, to be very specific, Roger Ailes created that network because of Watergate. That, that network exists for this yeah. very moment yeah. as if he knew that other Republicans would face impeachment. Uh, no surprise to most, most yeah. of us. That's kind of the nature. So witnesses, documents, uh, in the span of time that Speaker Pelosi has um, held their articles, so to speak, we have seen J- Bolton come forward. And obviously there were other witnesses. He's the only oh, one yeah. that says— only one. The only one that said he's willing to come forward. Mm-hmm. There are other documents. Could have, should have the House. When he gave the signal, he would ask the Senate subpoena. Should they have called for the question and said, wait a minute— why don't we just do a House subpoena right now mm-hmm. and get you in here even before we send the articles? Should should that maybe have happened? Yeah, I, I am a longstanding uh, person on TV who has been saying from the beginning, subpoena right. everybody. Right. So don't hold the subpoenas back just because they're refusing to testify. I understand the theory behind it and the politics of it, so mm. I'm, I'm not— I and I have a, a lot of respect for Nancy Pelosi, and you know, rational minds can differ. There, there are two reasons why I think they should have been aggressive on day one around actual subpoenas. And this is why the hearings were still going on. And this is why the hearings okay, were still gotcha, going gotcha. on, right? When, when Bolton, remember, originally Bolton's lawyer says, "Send us a subpoena." Right. Right. They asked him to come in and testify, which is the standard procedure. You ask witnesses to come forward. If they won't, then you subpoena them. They asked him to come. He said no. His lawyer said, but send us a subpoena, which seemed to indicate that if he was subpoenaed, he would feel that he had the cover, legal cover he needed from Donald Trump arguing that he should not, you know, that this evidence should not be coming before the House. His So we were, I, I for one, saw that as a signal that he was going to, if subpoenaed, testify. But then his lawyer said, if you subpoena us, we will sue you. Something happened in that day or two Mm -hmm. between that statement and then his saying, no, we'll litigate this. Democrats didn't want to litigate. They didn't want to slow the process. They didn't want, they thought it would serve the Republican talking points. I thought it was important as a lawyer and as a constitutionalist Because in every impeachment we've had, we've gotten critical statements from the Supreme Court about the balance of powers, about Congress's ability to have oversight over a sitting president. Those precedents matter, 
particularly if you have a party that is refusing to play fair. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the Republicans have not been playing fair. So that's one reason. Now, fast forward and say, okay, but they didn't. And there was enough evidence. I'm with them on that, even without Bolton's testimony or without Mm -hmm. McDuffie or any of the long list of witnesses that haven't testified. But now that Bolton has said that he will testify in the Senate, he's essentially conceded that if subpoenaed by the House, he doesn't really have a good argument, which he never did, by the way. He never had a good argument for not complying with the subpoena. Um, But he certainly can't publicly say he has a good reason now. And I think, again, they can then go and use their prerogative to litigate it, but I also think he may come testify. I think it matters, as I've said, and I'm going to say it over and over again to anybody who will listen, whether or not Donald Trump is convicted and removed, it absolutely matters that we get the light of day on what happened in Ukraine. It mm-hmm. absolutely matters. Donald Trump has demonstrated that he will, he will say what he thinks is useful to him, which has very little to do with the facts. Yeah, yeah. And the, the American people should, if nothing else, have the ability to make a fully informed decision when they elect the next president. Yeah, yeah. So he says, I will accept a subpoena from the Senate. If if you were in the House or if you were advising the Speaker, you would say, okay, well, let's, let's, let's go. do it. Let's, let's do it do now. This. And you're right. He couldn't very well say, well, no to the House. And if he did, he would kind of you know, tip his hand because there's some speculate. Maybe we shouldn't trust John Bolton in the first place. We don't know oh, what yeah. he's what we, he's really going to say. We need the documents too. So, so it's not it. just Bolton. We need all the documents in we his possession. Uh, they need to fight about the subpoena for documents from the exchanges because, as we've seen, when we get the documents, it's also harder for people to say things that are not true. That's I mean, right. Just remember Gordon Sondland, who yeah. had to change his testimony. That's right. That's and right. And then when he testified after his deposition, had to say, I still haven't seen all my emails. There may be things I'm forgetting. So it is really important to have those documents, both to hold people to account to the truth, right? but also to know what happened, right? We're not trying to, it's not a getcha. It's not a, you know, it's, we're not trying to trap anybody. It's, right. it's, it, people should be, have their memories refreshed right. by the we actual do. documents. We all do. Yeah, the, the, tra- the transparency Absolutely. on that. Um so, again, we're we're not necessarily sure of 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 what he might actually say. We only know what we do. The tantalizing tidbit that right. his lawyer dropped out there was, and that he dropped out there, is he's got a lot of information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was certainly the suggestion that it's not so favorable to Donald Trump. Yeah. And based on the testimony of witnesses like Fiona Hill about her conversations with John Bolton, things like, I don't want any part of this drug deal, and Rudy Giuliani is a hand grenade. From everything we've heard from other witnesses who spoke directly to John Bolton, we would expect that there would be some negative things in that, and that that is exactly why Donald Trump doesn't want witnesses. And, you know, come to think of it, to Maya, all those things that we've been teased about that he said, the drug deal, all of that, which he's not denied. He is not denied. If the Senate does not have him testify, he can't then later on this year come out with a book that says nothing. Oh, there was nothing. You can't sell a book that says he, nothing. His book is clearly going to tell all. So right? either, That's clear. So really it's just a question of whether 
Republicans want what he has to say out now or do they want it to come out just before November? (laughs) In the book. Absolutely. Well, I think, and to your point, you know, I think that senators are really, and we were having this conversation off air, Mitch McConnell is caught in a rock and a hard place. Not that I feel sorry for him. No, no. (laughs) But he is caught, he's got the president on one hand pushing hard, you know, pushing senators. He's both funding some of their campaigns. He's, you know, he's making it clear he'll bully them if they don't do what he wants. He has demanded both that they dismiss the case immediately. He's also demanded that they call witnesses, but he just wants his witnesses. He wants Hunter Biden. He wants Nancy Pelosi. He wants Joe Biden. He wants Adam Schiff, people who do not have direct evidence uh, related to this impeachment. But that's what he wants. He wants either to get rid of it or a distraction. And the truth is, the truth is, once the the door is open to witnesses, the Republicans may well demand witnesses who aren't so relevant to the impeachment as a counterweight to the witnesses that would otherwise be subpoenaed like a John Bolton. It'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. I'd still rather have that problem (laughs) than not. But Mitch McConnell both is trying to keep it short, sweet, simple, and move it along quickly, but he's also got the president kind of blowing him in the other direction. In in terms of the process and the trial, whatever witnesses are called, and let's say they get some of their off-the-wall witnesses they want that really aren't relevant. um, By the way, I'll pay money if Adam Schiff testifies. I'll pay money for that. Really? Uh, he'll be a phenomenal witness. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is actually the worst thing for them is yeah. to have Adam Schiff come and testify. Yeah. Because yeah. while he is not a fact witness, he is absolutely on top of all the evidence and certainly would be a house manager. Yeah. So it'd be essentially like putting the prosecutor on the stand to make their case. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also unheard of. But, yeah. I, but I guess they could. <laughs> I they guess they could. If they, if they want to make that mistake, they can make it. Now, can senators ask any question they want. I know they have to write they them down. They can. There's there's no unless unless let, let me say it this way. There's a set of rules that governs impeachment that the Senate passed and amended uh, years ago and then amended in 1986 and they govern this impeachment, but they're very skeletal. They're, you know, w- when the articles come over, what's the oath, um, how much time passes the, you know, how, when and how the presiding officer convenes. It's very, very pro forma. It's very procedural. It doesn't answer the evidentiary questions. It does say the presiding officer will make sure subpoenas are issued, will make sure, you know, it is. it moves the way that senators have said it should move. The critical conversation that senators are going to have is exactly what we've been talking about, which is the rules they're going to adopt for the purposes of this specific trial. Mm -hmm. And that's the conversation about are we going to allow witnesses or not, Mm -hmm. where it's pretty clear as of today, at least, what they're saying is we will vote on whether to have witnesses. So witnesses will still be a possibility. We won't preclude them up front. But we will wait and hear from the House managers and then take a vote on whether or not to have witnesses. So it'll, it'll, it'll run something like that. And then the question is how many Republican senators will vote for witnesses yeah. at the end of that process. Simple so, majority? 
uh, you need a simple majority. majority. And right. th- that's why, you know, there's been some debate about how many senators you need. You need four. You need four to to win a vote four on Republican witnesses. Senators, yeah. You need four Republican senators to, to vote the other way. And that's a possibility. That is a distinct possibility because people – there are senators who are facing tough reelection bids. Yeah, yeah. They're up in 2020. And as we've said, a lot of people want to see witnesses. And there's – I don't know if you saw it, but, um, you know, the, the newly formed PAC – Republican PAC that has formed by people like George Conway right, and Rick Wilson right, right. just ran their first attack ad <laughs> right. in Colorado. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. That's that a was pretty rough. tough ad. It is a tough ad. They call him I w- impotent. I wouldn't want to be on the I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. So if you're in a tough race and you're essentially being called Donald Trump's person, <laughs> I'm a, I stopped myself, but you know what you, I was thinking. Yeah, okay. Well, if you want to say it, you can say it. I mean, we're, you know, this is I a podcast. I got to hold up a higher standard. <laughs> so house managers, and I guess that would be unprecedented for a house manager to be called as a witness, let alone oh, yeah, a unheard. member of the house, period. Correct. For That's that's incredible. But now, um, just like in the in the Clinton impeachment, the there'll be attorneys for the defense. Yes. Now, do we know who that's going to be? Yes, we know some of who that's going to be. So we know that the <laughs> um, Cipollone, uh, the uh, White House counsel, okay. is going to be on the defense team, and we know that um, Sekulow, Jay Sekulow, Donald Trump's longtime personal lawyer, is also going to be on the defense team. Right. Not very surprising, and not atypical, by the way. Clinton okay. had inside and outside as well. Right, so there's not there's nothing unusual about that. Right. Um, except that Cipollone, remember, is the person who penned the letter to the House, essentially saying they have no authority to ask for any witnesses or any documents mm-hmm. related to the impeachment. Uh, it was an extreme position. It's one none of us believes even a conservative Supreme Court will uphold. Uh, and he will, I'm sure, assert a number of those arguments again if there are witnesses. So let me just explain how this would work. And this, the, the normal process would be you let the witness come. You, don't, you can't block a witness, in this case, who is no longer an employee of the federal government right. from coming to testify. Right. In fact, you can't really block a, a witness who works for the federal government right. if they Truth so choose right. to right. come and testify, as we saw. But usually the way it's supposed to work is they come to testify, and if the lawyer for the president believed the question to go into protected conversations, you assert the privilege on that question and ask that the witness not answer it. In other words, you go question by question. Right, right, In right, that right. scenario, what I would imagine is a Cipollone raising the privilege on every single question yeah, asked yeah. a John Bolton. Now you've got the Supreme Court Justice, Justice Roberts, sitting there, who then in that seat, as the presiding officer, has to make a judgment about whether or not the question should be answered. But remember that whatever the decision the justice makes, Republicans can call for a vote. Mm. And a majority, a simple majority of of senators can then overrule the justice's decision. That could be it would, it, crazy. It, it, it would be crazy. I'm not saying it would go down that way. But oh, I think, we, I think it absolutely at, would. But as we saw crazy. in the House, as we saw in the House, <laughs> well, they'll want a little more decorum. They won't want to look like they're hiding every single thing, I think, than the House. But it could be a really messy 
awful trial, yeah. <laughs> even even with witnesses, if they play that kind of hardball. And I believe that Cipollone uh, has shown himself to be carrying Trump's water on making ridiculous and probably unconstitutional arguments. So the chief justice has to kind of, so from the descriptions we're hearing about the chief justice's role or lack thereof, I know if I was chief justice, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near it. I mean, it's just oh, kind of exactly. silly. Yeah. You, you're a justice, you're trying to preside, and then whatever ruling you make can be overruled by a vote of the Senate. Right. If you're Justice Roberts, I believe, and people have, people are arguing different sides of this. I know some very smart, good lawyers that I respect who think Roberts is going to shake things up. I do not believe that. Uh, Ro- Justice Roberts wor- has worked very hard his entire career to be politically neutral. Doesn't mean he mm-hmm. doesn't have an ideology. Right. But to steer clear of partisan politics, he's been very careful to do that in, during the Trump administration, even occasionally making statements that surprised us when he when he kind of came out to defend the court yeah. uh, and to do everything in his power to try to hold this court together in very fraught times and and maintain its credibility to the American public it, when we have a president that's been attacking the federal bench when it doesn't rule his way. So that's not who Justice Roberts really is. And I don't think any chief justice would would want to look very political sitting in that seat. Some of these questions may come before the Supreme Court. Some of those evidentiary questions could conceivably come before the Supreme Court. They all have not been answered by the Supreme Court. You said a moment ago that you doubt even a conservative court would would go against uh, transparency, so to speak. You really believe that even with blanket, this court? Blanket. So remember, um, let me say it this way. I'm not suggesting that a that this court would rule in all the ways I would if I were sitting on the bench. But there are two pieces of pretty strong precedent that say, yes, there is a thing called executive privilege. Yes, there are conversations and communications that a president gets to have with their with, and and that they can assert privilege on the court. But at the same time, they've said, but it's not absolute and have forced, as we said, Nixon to turn over mm-hmm. the Watergate tapes. Um, they haven't ruled on this question per se because the Donald Trump has made the argument so broad. But the idea that they would say that the president, at least with Justice Roberts, I, I'm not saying there wouldn't be some conservatives voting on the other side. I'm not saying unanimous, but it's hard for me to picture Justice Roberts, who has traditionally paid attention to their precedent, saying that a sitting United States president does not have to be accountable to Congress on an impeachment process, Mm -hmm. because that means what's left of impeachment. You literally could just bar evidence from Congress in order to prevent yourself from being impeached, that would fly in the face of the balance of powers that the founders set up. Yeah, yeah, I I would think so. So the argument for privilege is just simply, I'm the president, and is it the same as arguing spousal privilege? You just, in general? No, so this is the thing. You don't get to just argue it's just all privilege because I'm the president. Okay. So the way it wor- executive privilege, you, there two, remember there are a couple different kinds of privilege. One is attorney-client. That, that one is much clearer, right? right? Uh, and, unless you've committed a crime and your lawyer has helped you. You know, there are exceptions <laughs> to right. it. Right. Um, but certainly communications with your lawyer, if it's a personal lawyer, 
So a little more murky if it's a government mm, lawyer, mm-hmm, right? right? But still, there is some attorney-client privilege. That's one kind of privilege. That's not what's being alleged here, though. It's, it's really, I as president, you don't get to know what my conversations are with my senior cabinet and with other arms of government. So you don't, and including my White House and the ex- other parts of the executive branch, like Department of Defense. Right like OMB. You don't you don't get to see any of that. I only I can decide whether or not you see any of that. Now, obviously we've already seen if you file there's a law. First of all, there's a law called the Freedom of Information Act law, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how we know some of the things that we've learned is because you there is a law passed by Congress that says you have to turn over documents if they're fact documents. Mm-hmm. He's withholding facts. Fact you can't withhold right. facts from the American public. Secondly, he's, you're supposed to assert it based on the evidence. You can't, not just a blanket, it's all privileged. It just That's my point about it. it's very difficult to imagine the Supreme Court saying, yeah, you can just put a blanket privilege. You are allowed to protect conversations that are what we call deliberative, meaning if I'm your, if I'm White House counsel, and we're and you're the president, Mark, and we're having a conversation about whether or not it's lawful for me to freeze aid to Ukraine, mm-hmm. and it's an open, honest conversation, and you want to like have it be as free wielding as possible to explore the law, the limits of the law, the gray areas. But it would look real bad in the public. You haven't made a decision, right. and it may not even been the basis of your decision. But it would make it look to the public like you were trying to skirt the law. Right. And so in some of those instances, a court might say, no, you know, you get to have an open, honest conversation where you're trying to understand what's permissible and what's not. And But what you can't hide is the decision and the reason for the decision. Okay. You can okay. just hide you, because you don't want government not to have an honest conversation. So people think I'm not I'm your I'm your White House counsel, but I'm not going to answer your question honestly or at all, because I know later it might be public, and I just not going to like the way it's going to look, even if it's not wrong, even if it's not illegal, it's just not going to play well. Yeah. If I'm saying, well, it could, maybe it's legal if you do it this way, it may not be legal if you do it that way. Mm-hmm. Lawyers have those conversations with people all the time. Yeah. It, in politics, it doesn't usually look that good. But the important thing is what we have never heard why he, uh, you know, he says he froze Ukraine aid for different reasons right, at right, different times. Right. We should see. So what's the reason? We should see all the documents around the reason. And we should see all the exchanges that show us facts. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And it, it just seems to me, just as you said, and if if a deliberative conversation could be argued on the grounds of privilege and it could very well be embarrassing to him. But the fact of the matter is a a lot of the information is already out in the public domain. Exactly. So, so if you, if, if that comes up, well, Hey, you don't have a, you don't have a reason for the privilege. You don't have a reason. And and if you exert it, it makes you look even, that's to me, that's even more embarrassing. You you just got, you just earned your honorary law degree because that's exactly right. Look That's exactly right, Mark. And see, I just want all <laughs> audience to know it's really nice. It's pretty straightforward. I will also say, because I don't want to confuse people to say that I'm arguing any of this would be legitimately sure. privileged. You d- you also don't. So it's out in the public. You can't say, I don't want anyone to see this discussion. Yeah. Even, it's already out in the public. 
The second part is, though, it's an impeachment process. Mm-hmm. You don't get to keep your deliberate. If you're trying to deliberate about how you're abusing, going to abuse your power, you don't get to hide that, yeah, even if it's yeah. not a crime. Right. That's what Congress has authority to look into under the impeachment clause. So I would, I, I have a hard time imagining that there's very much that would be legitimately withheld from the public or Congress. National security may be from the public, definitely not from Congress. And it's very hard to imagine what would be legitimately withheld even from the public. Yeah. yeah. At at this point, I don't just can't imagine it. So I just didn't want people to think there wasn't something called executive privilege that's real. So um, I think we all would agree, um, even with witnesses, the likelihood of getting two thirds of the Senate to vote for removal is slim. But as you have said here, and as Speaker Pelosi said. Over the weekend, he is impeached for life. That can can never go away. So, as an attorney and, and one who's looked at, at, at as a teacher and, and a professor, one and thank you for my honorary degree too, as well. Uh, <laughs> that's as close as I'll. I have to tell you the story <laughs> about why I'm actually not a lawyer. Uh, but um, uh, I was going in that direction. But I was like, I, I went another way. But um, well, we're glad you did. <laughs> oh well, thank <laughs> thank you. Um, so now it it it. it There probably will not be that two-thirds, but he'll have that moniker on him. So as you've looked at law over the years and looked at at big stories and big cases like this, so I don't know whether you saw there was a a Politico magazine headline uh, where they interviewed some Republicans, and the headline was a quote from one of the people they interviewed, and several people agreed with this statement. It's referring to Trump. They said, he is our O.J., that's what that's what they <laughs> now. So. So wait a minute. So for uh, the audience, I am shaking my head <laughs> and rolling my eyes. So at the very least, you're saying so. Let's talk about what they think O.J. was, that he was guilty and got away with it. So you're admitting that this is your guy. He's our murderer. He's yeah, isn't that something to say? He, he's our murderer. <laughs> Keep your hands off our murderer. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Which which is, you know, I, you know, I never. I never thought it was fair to put that on us. You know, that was something no, that was no. projected on us anyways. Black that's folk, right. we right. just supported a murderer. But uh, no, and I, let's, let's just be clear. What we were concerned about was right. FBI evidence and evidence tampering and actually doing what black people have had to and many right, other people right, of right. color have had to suffer for a long time, which is, <laughs> you know, manufactured <laughs> evidence. Um, well, you know what I had to tell somebody on my, you, I'm, I'm sure you'll uh, be amused by this. You know, every now and then I have to, you know, channel uh, my dear friend Dick Gregory got rest his soul and Dick used to say you know he used to talk about the OJ trial and he would say how remember when the the Bronco chase was happening everybody holding up the signs run OJ run were white yeah because OJ was never part of our community no, we no, weren't with him. I don't and remember how slow he was driving that's right that's right so we were like but we it were was like he's not necessarily running right but it was after the other stuff that the the the, uh, the 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 police officers the racist officers the FBI yeah. then black folks so wait a minute this is you on our street now and we want this to be fair yeah. and then that turned into something else right. I don't see how they can draw right. <laughs> that's I, a and, dangerous I, analogy that's to draw right. and unfortunately I think OJ <laughs> did it and uh, should have been held to account. And it was unfair, bad law enforcement yeah. is the reason that he didn't. But what I would say here is, yeah, you don't, ar- don't argue for your murderer. That doesn't bode well. I think Nancy Pelosi said it yesterday. She said there will be a price to pay 
oh, yeah. for Republican votes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there should be because, again, it's not whether or not – it's ultimately let the evidence play out, bring it forward – Stand up for the constitutional balance of powers. It's central to our democracy. Don't let any sitting president say, no, you can't have, you don't, you don't have any sunlight. The American people have no sunlight. Then when you vote, take your oath seriously. Mm-hmm. Vote the evidence and vote your conscience. And if you do that and you, vote, and you, you, you think there's a good, strong argument for why it's not impeachable, you know, we, we – I'm not going to agree with you, but right. but but right. you know there are pr- sometimes principled positions that are different. But make sure that the American public can make their own decision based on facts. Yeah, yeah. Because we have nothing left if we can't trust our government right. to pull the facts forward and let us as citizens who have to register a vote make the decision. If we don't have facts, what do we have? That's right. People talk about post-racial. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't agree with post-racial. I think we are in a seemingly in a post-factual <laughs> environment. Yes, we've we've gone. Yeah, we are. We certainly <laughs> are. And and I think it's also why. The last thing I'll say is back to the House Democrats. Subpoena, subpoena, subpoena. Fight in court every last one because we deserve to know. It, it, which reminds me, before I forget, I, I meant to bring this up earlier, real quick. The ruling by Katanji Brown Jackson, the judge, yes. is what is standing now as the order of the day, and and she said that if I'm not mistaken, there could not be blanket privilege. Yes. Now the judge um, that Bolton was waiting to hear from, he was kind of hiding behind his associate Kupperman, I believe, one of his deputies, and then they pulled back Kupperman's subpoena so that right they, 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 they well they, well put it this way. They 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 did not want to conflate different issues. Right. They they wanted to keep it neat and clean so they could keep it moving. So the judge just ruled that moot. That's right. When it, 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 it was pulled back, it was moot. That's right. They have a federal decision that will be appealed, and the McGann decision will be appealed. It, it's 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 not that it's not going to go up the chain, but there's no reason for them not to subpoena and fight and let these go up the chain. Right. Plus, right. you might get some of them. You right. might get some of them sooner as opposed to later. Well, and that's all the more reason why what Bolton said and why there should be follow-up on that. The, the Bolton, he didn't have to do that. He could have just stood his ground and, and been quiet about it. And waited and said, and st- yes, and said, I'm going to wait for a Supreme Court decision. So he kind of went off script. I mean, Trump, after all, killed Soleimani for him because that's what he wanted. Let's be honest. Yes, he did. And then the next day he's like, okay, I'm ready to testify. So I'm sure Trump's like, wait a minute, dude, that's <laughs> that's not the way this, that's not the deal. So, yes. yeah, this will be very interesting. I seem to remember the Clinton trial being very boring and drawn out and procedural. They had, they had, Ooh. well, <laughs> you know, this is why Nancy Pelosi said, I don't want to announce my house managers till I see what kind of trial it's going to be. Yeah. Clinton, by the way, did have witnesses. They had witness depositions that were just behind closed doors. Right, correct, Which, correct. you know, in that kind of case where it's about people's sexual relationships, yeah, yeah. you know, the it was a very different impeachment. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not about whether Bill – and look, even though Bill Clinton was um, acquitted, he has lived his entire ad- life since that living with that impeachment. And forever will. And, and forever will. And everybody knows he had that affair – 
everybody knows he right. tried to obstruct. I mean, right. you know, go, let's go down the list. There's there's not a lot to they, defend. They, no, and they even honestly they're going to do a surviving Bill Clinton like surviving R. Kelly. That's so I mean, right. he's paying a price. That's, that's absolutely right. And so and, and Trump and shouldn't. Trump, and Trump will too. Uh, but I think other politicians who protect him will also pay some form of price. Yeah, they ought to see that. And 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 certainly they'll pay the price of their reputation in history. Yeah, yeah. And those depositions were prior to the impeachment vote, or were Correct. they? Correct. So rem- remember, yes. So they 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 had there was that was the other difference between the previous impeachments of Nixon and Clinton. Um, is that there were full, full-on, prosecutorially run grand jury in the case right. of, of, right. of, of Clinton because you had special prosecutor, uh, independent prosecutors, special prosecutors running prosecutorial investigations. So that has not happened here. Uh, and it's not happened here for a whole bunch of reasons we all know. But it means that the House, the House, their job was essentially to do that investigation, and they were blocked. They were blocked, yeah, yeah. Um, Maya Wiley here, our very special guest. We will see what happens on next week, and hopefully we can keep you close by. I will be right up the street <laughs> in a, what I, I hope will be a front row seat to <laughs> to watching our Constitution get the protection it deserves so right. that we the people get the protection we deserve. Right, right. And that, and that's the kind of the, the process we deserve. And I know I speak on behalf of everybody. Really enjoy your commentary uh, and your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Back at you. All right. Maya Wiley, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.